Welcome to a special bonus episode of Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah. I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Mark. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. And joining us again is Dean of Undergraduate Admissions and Financial Aid, Jeremiah Quinlan. Thanks for joining us, Jeremiah. Great to be here. (laughs) So this is a little bit of bonus content that we've been cooking up while we've been thinking about the rollout of our new Test Flexible policy. Three entire episodes simply was not enough. Yes, if you're you're still listening, uh, good for you. Um, Essentially, as we've been trying to think about communicating about test scores for the first time in four years of doing this podcast, we came up with a lot of different things to say. And my mind naturally went to trying to come up with a really good analogy Mm -hmm. to help folks think about test scores generally. Folks may know I was a philosophy major, so I love things like uh, analogies and metaphors, allegories, thought experiments, you know, all of these things. It's just where my brain goes. I also love baseball. Uh, So naturally, I came up with what is perhaps a fairly elaborate baseball analogy. You guys ready to check this out? All right, let's okay. do it. Here it is. As you all are thinking about standardized test scores, and if you've heard us now talk for more than an hour about this, <laughs> one thing I think if you can keep coming back to is think about standardized tests a little bit like a pitcher's top speed on his fastball. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, I'm just going to cut in here on behalf of our international listeners. If you are not a baseball fan, maybe you live in South Asia, Australia, UK. Does bowling and cricket work as well? I hope so. (laughs) I don't really know enough. All right. The three of us who are on microphones right now, we are all big baseball fans. I, of course, am an Atlanta Braves fan. I'll I'll mention here they've won the NL East six times in a row. I was surprised you didn't lead with that. (laughs) I'm a big New York Mets fan, so we have a lot of intra-NL East rivalry here in the Yale admissions office, and it's not been good for us Mets fans for the past past few years or, frankly, the past 60 years. (laughs) And I grew up with the Red Sox, so, uh, yeah, We'll, we'll let you be the judge of which is the superior team. Yeah, and uh, don't worry, Jeremiah, we have a special Mets shout-out that is yes. uh, included in this. In fact, that so. might be the reason I'm here on this one. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, as I said, I want you to think about standardized testing like a pitcher's top speed on his fastball. Okay, if you have no idea what that means, let's just get to some basics. A pitcher's job in a baseball team is to get batters out. You get a batter out by preventing him from getting a hit, but of course, if your pitches aren't close to where the batter can hit them, the batter gets a walk and winds up on base just like he got a hit. So you're a good pitcher if you can get outs. You basically need three skills as a pitcher to execute effective pitches and get batters out. Speed is just one of those three things. You mm-hmm. also have location and movement. You got to be able to locate your pitches. Basically, mm-hmm. you, they need to go where you want them to go. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they're probably sort of right on the edge of the strike zone. You can also use movement to deceive a batter. These are things like curveballs and knuckleballs and gyroballs. There's like really great names for these pitches. These are all pitches that move in ways that batters don't expect. And then finally, a pitcher has speed, and unsurprisingly, the faster that a pitcher can throw the ball, the harder it is for the batter to get a hit. And and that's true even if you don't really have much movement and even if it's kind of right down the middle of the strike zone. All right, all right, let's get to the uh, standardized testing portion. Okay, I gotta explain just a little bit more baseball first. I'm sorry, folks. You need all three of those things to get a batter out, Uh, but I highlight speed because speed is the easiest to measure. You see where I'm going here with standardized tests? Mm -hmm. I think so. So, to measure a pitcher's speed, you can stick out a radar gun, just see how fast the ball went. Even middle schoolers now know how fast they can pitch. Right. 
People who watch baseball know that because a pitcher's top speed is easy to measure, it's pretty easy to focus a little bit too much on this. Like, we have all had the experience of hearing about a hot new prospect on one of our teams that can hit 102 miles an hour <laughs> on a radar gun, and people tend to get really excited about it, right. but those prospects don't always pan out. Right. And that's because, of course, things aren't that simple. You can be a pitcher who throws 100 miles an hour, but you can't find the strike zone. We've all had that happen when your yep. team is up in late innings and the <laughs> flamethrower reliever comes on and then suddenly the bases are loaded because he's walked three batters in a row. Yeah. You can also have a pitcher who can throw very fast but can't move the ball or locate it and so he winds up giving up a ton of hits because batters will just kind of sit on that spot and swing at the right spot at the right time. Okay, so here's the big reveal, guys. This is like testing because like a pitcher's top speed, it's a number that just about everybody has and that we're familiar with. And because of that, I think we tend to overemphasize mm. it. We overemphasize it to the exclusion of things that are just as important for your success in college, but are harder to measure. Okay, so this analogy has multiple parts. Oh boy, <laughs> but that, that is the most important main part here, I think. Good. Yes. Part two is that even though this can be overemphasized, it still tells you something important. I like this because I think it kind of situates the relative weight of testing in our process well. It doesn't tell you everything, but it tells you something. So back to some baseball. Imagine you are a scout for a baseball team. I know all three of us have imagined that. Mm-hmm. So hey, maybe maybe they've got openings in Major League Baseball for people who are admissions officers. Yeah. It's February. It's, like it's February. Pitchers and catchers are reporting this spring training in a few weeks. I know. If we can pick people for Yale, we can pick pitchers for baseball teams. Sure. Right? I'm sure it's all transferable skills. And I've imagined if you were a baseball scout, you probably wouldn't say, well, I just don't want to know anything about how fast a pitcher can throw. And if you were looking at a bunch of stats for a bunch of pitchers and some of them had data on their top pitch speed and some didn't, you would probably feel like you were missing something for those pitchers that you didn't have the data for. And that would be true even if you had a whole bunch of other stats. You would want to know if those pitchers can throw as fast as those pitchers with the data about their top speed, like maybe almost as fast but a little bit slower, or maybe they're not nearly as fast as those other pitchers. And you would want this even though you know that speed alone doesn't tell you all that much. You are a professional baseball scout. You, you know all those things that I just mansplained about how there's <laughs> you know speed and there's movement and there's location, but you would probably not want to omit data about a pitcher's speed. Okay, mm. that was part two. Okay. okay. There's more. <laughs> part three. Keep it going. <laughs> Maybe the most important is that not all successful pitchers, even at the top level of Major League Baseball, can throw blazingly fast pitches. So true. Just like we admit lots of students with scores that aren't at the tippy top of the range. Pitchers in Major League Baseball can make up for lack of top speed with movement and location. That's fantastic. We see applicants who can make up for less than tippy top testing because we have other academic strengths that are apparent. We know that it's a strong combination of factors that suggest a student's going to be successful, and that's true even if testing isn't their greatest strength. Mm. And we know that Major League Baseball is full of great pitchers who are slower than pitchers who are pitching below them in the minor leagues. And to be fair, they're still fast by national standards, but they're not in that tip-top range. A great example of this, and I know you're going to talk about a Mets pitcher in a few minutes, of course, is if we can focus on the Braves for a second is, <laughs> is legendary Braves pitcher Greg Maddox, who Absolutely. was not at the top of baseball pitch speed, but had incredible control. He never walked any batters, 
and he would get all sorts of people out based on just like nibbling at the corner of the strike zone because he had perfect control over where he placed his not so fast pitches. Hall of Famer Greg Maddox, a very <laughs> important part of my childhood uh, growing up, many Cy Young Awards and an absolute surgeon uh, yeah. as, a, as a pitcher. Now, Jeremiah, to reflect this back, the other probably best example yes. of this, of course, is a Mets pitcher uh, known as R.A. Dickey. Yes. And how did R.A. Dickey get batters out? R.A. Dickey was must-watch television for any Mets fans <laughs> in 2012. I would literally make sure I knew the days he was starting just to watch a few innings of him pitch because he was actually one of the oldest and slower pitchers in the league. But after being in the major leagues for a few years, he mastered a pitch called the knuckleball that moves so much that batters couldn't hit it. And there's a long history of knuckleballers in Major League Baseball, Phil Necro, Tim Wakefield, but Ari Dickey, for a brief moment in time, perfected this beyond anything that Major League Baseball had ever seen. Go check out some YouTube videos of R.A. Dickey pitching in the knuckleball. It was a very cool thing to see from the center field camera. That ball darting around the strike zone, not spinning, yet somehow completely fooling batters left and right. All right, I'm going to reel us back in here for a minute. <laughs> I think it would probably be safe to say that there are plenty of knuckleballers out there among our applicants, yeah, right? So other parts of the application can totally help make up for lower test scores. And putting all that together is part of what makes our job really interesting. Absolutely. Okay, final part of our analogy, end of our bonus episode, folks. <laughs> um, I like this because no one is born throwing a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. No one's born even throwing an 88-mile-an-hour fastball that would make you on the lower end of the major league range. All of us, you know, we probably have some natural limits on how fast we could uh, pitch, even if we trained. But if you train, you're going to get faster. And I like that in relation to talking about test scores because you should think about test scores the same way way. You can work to improve your test scores, and if you do, you will score higher, just as if you work on your pitch speed, you will pitch faster. Remember that these scores, they don't look deep down inside of your soul and reveal something determinative about you. They measure one thing at one time. They're kind of like a radar gun looking at your fastball. There's going to be some variation from day to day. If I'm pitching, it's going to be slow every day, but it might be a little bit faster if I trained. And so just to tie a little bow on this, remember that if you were a prospective pitcher and you just focus on increasing your pitch speed without honing your placement or your movement, that won't make you a great pitcher. By the same token, if you just focus on increasing your test scores and not other things in your application, like say your transcript and your rigorous courses on being a good community member, on growing as a person who's curious and well-informed and ready to engage in a college community, that alone is not going to make you a great college applicant. I will also say what I like about this, as long as you can stick with it in the course of <laughs> eight or nine minutes, is that every baseball pitcher, even R.A. Dickey, needs to throw their pitches at a certain speed. Mm. There's a minimum speed that you need to be able to achieve to be a successful Major League Baseball pitcher. But even if you can't pitch 100 miles per hour, there are incredible ways to win Cy Youngs mm -hmm. and be effective pitchers through focusing on movement and location. And I really like the idea of thinking about this in three parts, speed, movement, and location, because speed is only one part of the story, and it's only one third of the story. Mm -hmm. And there are, again, minimum kind of requirements to be successful at this. But after that, depending on how much movement you have on your pitch, you can be really incredibly successful, or how well you are at locating your pitches. You can also be incredibly successful. You can be Greg Maddox, you can be R.A. Dickey, and you do not have to have perfect 
test scores or 100 mile per hour <laughs> oh. fastball right, we're talking to, about baseball. To, be, to, be, <laughs> to be the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. All right. I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. I guess a reminder to close us out here. One of the reasons we still watch baseball is because it's still unpredictable, even if mm-hmm. you have all those analytics, right? Same goes for test scores. We know we can't perfectly predict the future with all of the data that we have in an application. We have to go into every application and every committee discussion with an open mind and some humility. And as you're thinking about the data that's going to be in your application, you should do the same. You can't predict how your college apps are going to go or how exactly you're going to do in college. Remember, we've talked before about staying away from those Reddit chance meet Mm -hmm. threads, right? But we can use all the available data to make the most informed decision. So there it is, folks. Thanks for letting us share our deep thoughts about baseball and standardized test scores. If you didn't follow any of that, don't sweat it. <laughs> it's, it's not going to uh, affect your chances of being admitted or putting together a great application. Be sure to check out our three previous episodes all about the big picture, about our new test flexible policy, the details, and of course, how we got here. Jeremiah Quinlan, thank you for joining to talk about baseball on the podcast today. Please invite me back anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks as always to our friend uh, Andrew Brick Johnson who composes our music. You should check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have comments or an idea for an episode, drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. 